everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy Jason, and we have a ton of football to talk about today. It's Friday, so I hope you guys have had a good morning. I hope you guys have a good rest of your day. We've got, again, some football to talk about. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Let's sit back. Let's relax. Let's sip our coffee, and let's enjoy the show. We're going to start things off today with a little discussion. I saw this today. I don't know how it took me so long to find out about this player, but this is Lou Headley. He is the Saints punter, and he is a rookie. This guy right here is a 30-year-old rookie punter for the New Orleans Saints. He's an Australian native. Uh, he's been a scaffolder. scaffolder. He owned a tattoo shop in Indonesia, as you can tell by his tattoos. And he uh, recently was just punting at the City College of San Francisco before making his way onto an NFL roster. Just thought that was a cool story to share. You know, it's it's uh, you know you don't see that very often. A thirty-year-old rookie, especially one with the type of life that he's lived. Just a, just a neat little guy. I'm excited to see, you know, how good of a punter he is. And, you know, knowing, knowing, knowing this type of archetype, he's going to go out there and his first punt's going to, like, go through the go through the damn dome. <laughs> he's going to have a leg made of iron. I'm excited to see it. But let's talk about some news that you guys actually care about. Uh, and we'll go into the, the you know, we'll, we'll start small. We'll start small. And that is Matt Corral is joining the New England Patriots. He was claimed off of waivers after being released by the Panthers. One thing to note about this move is that when you are claimed off the waivers, you don't go to the practice squad. You do go to the active roster. So as of today, right now as speaking this, I'm sure it'll change, but you know, just a fun little quip. Uh, Matt Corral is the backup to Mac Jones. He is on the roster ahead of Bailey Zappi technically. Uh, and so Matt Corral, you know, maybe has a little bit of a career rejuvenation heading his way in New England. But if I had to guess, this is more like the Josh Rosen situation where, you know, a team just kind of took a chance on him and that team being the Patriots. Maybe he'll turn it around. Not much opportunity there. That's not an offense you really want to be a part of. But Matt Corral, unfortunately, is a guy I did really like last year. One of the quarterbacks I was trying to take a chance on because I felt he would have some opportunity in Carolina because that quarterback situation was so terrible. Unfortunately, ended up suffering a season-ending injury, and the Panthers ended up with the number one overall pick, and they didn't need to let Matt Corral get any opportunity at all. But I still think you know there's some chance out there. I mean, he was pretty good at Ole Miss, and so I would like to see him you know, make a team, play some football. But that's the Matt Corral news. Another news regarding a quarterback is our man Anthony Richardson has been voted as a Colts captain by his teammates. This was not picked by the coach or anything. This was his teammates felt that he should be the captain of the team. And that's just awesome because of all the things we know about Anthony Richardson, right? We know he's a fantastic athlete. We know that, you know, he maybe has some accuracy concerns or something. But we also know that he is a grinder, always studying film, always studying the playbook, always willing to learn, always working with his teammates. And that has evidently proven to be spectacular. He's won over his teammates, won over the coaching staff already. And now he's a captain going into his very first game in the NFL. And if that doesn't tell you how good of a quarterback Anthony Richardson is going to be, 
I don't know what does. I've been saying all offseason, player profilers basically been saying all offseason too, that this guy is bust proof. He's going to be a phenom. The athleticism is there. The shoulder, the head on the shoulders is there. Everything is adding up. He's got the coaching staff, you know, it, 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 the weapons, you know, like what? It is just such a perfect paint picture that has been painted for Anthony Richardson. And I love to see this. I love to see that he is the captain of the team already um and i'm i'm just i'm i'm just excited for the for for what's going to happen man i really do think it's going to be something special i really 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 do and the harry snowman says that speaks a rookie quarterback voted captain it's true yeah i looked into it i don't think the texans or the panthers captains lists are out yet i couldn't find anything um but bryce young or cj shroud they haven't been voted captain yet you know they might be bryce young especially might be just you know, kind of a similar thing, you know, he, he does, you know, has one over the locker room and everything, but uh, again, guys, Anthony Richardson, bust proof, got to be a dog. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, let's see. We'll talk about Jonathan Taylor here real quickly, because I do see a question about Jonathan Taylor. So why not? Uh, I do. Ju- this is just really quick. There's no actual news on this, but uh, just the way the running back market has been, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about. Uh, where is it? Where's my note? What was the actual money offered to him? Uh, uh, I guess I didn't write down the actual money, uh, but I did see that if the Dolphins or the Packers, as we talked about yesterday, one of those two teams that were in the market for trading for Jonathan Taylor, both of them has been reported. Both of those teams would have been comfortable paying Jonathan Taylor top of the market money, which, you know, is very interesting because I mean, this offseason basically has solidified that the running back market really sucks. Uh, But Jonathan Taylor, being the athlete that he is, the running back that he is, still would have let the Dolphins or the Packers pay him top dollar. And so, just saying, guys, the running back position isn't dead yet. There's still some guys out there that will get paid a ton. Uh, And it's just, you know, a situation by situation thing. But for those of you who have been maybe fading the running back position in Dynasty, just stop it. I mean, these guys are still very important on the football field. Some teams still love them. You know, it's just, you know, situation by situation, player by player. Uh, And so Paul asks, since JT is out, I'm forced to start Terry, if healthy, Marvin Mims or Deion Jackson. Thoughts on the best start? Um, If Terry McLaurin is out there, you probably just got to roll with him. But if Zach Moss is out, I would go with Deion Jackson. Uh, I've been saying this week that I do believe if you want to start a Colts running back, in lieu of Jonathan Taylor at the beginning of the season, it's probably going to be Deion Jackson. I think Evan Hole will take some time to actually earn the volume on the team. You know, you're not just going to be given volume. Uh, and Deion Jackson, he looked good last season. You know, obviously wasn't like fantastic or anything, but still produced well for fantasy football teams. So if Zach Moss is out, I would definitely be looking into starting Deion Jackson week one. But if Zach Moss is in, you might be able to get away with Zach Moss. On yesterday's show, we did say that it did come out. It was reported by The Athletic. It was reported by Roto Baller that uh, Zach Moss would be the starter if healthy, uh, returning from that broken arm. So um, it's going to be just a very, very murky situation right behind Jonathan Taylor. Uh, go with the vets before you go to Evan Hole until the end of the season when, you know, the rookies actually earned the volume. A big news update that came out yesterday is that TJ Hawkinson is the highest paid tight end in the league. He has signed a contract extension with the Vikings, $68.5 million per Adam Schefter resetting the tight end market. It is a $17.15 million uh, annual average with $42.5 guaranteed 
Both of those are the highest for a tight end in NFL history. TJ Hawkinson passes Darren Waller just barely. Darren Waller makes about $17 million a year. Uh, so basically the same money of TJ Hawkinson. George Kittle, he makes $15 million. Travis Kelsey makes $14.3. Dallas Goddard, $14.25. And Mark Andrews, $14 million. Yes, all of those people make more money than Saquon Barkley. Maybe deservedly so. We'll see. But congratulations to TJ Hawkinson. He had a fantastic year last year when he moved to the Vikings. You look at the stats, and it was just really, really phenomenal. Uh, his first game against the Commanders, nine targets, nine receptions, 70 yards. Then 10 targets and seven receptions, then nine targets, then six targets and a touchdown, then six targets, then eight targets, then nine targets. Then guys, a 16 target, 13 reception, 109 yard, two touchdown game on the Vikings, just absolutely performing. After that, he followed that up with a 12 target game and an 11 target game. TJ Hawkinson is in for a world of volume next season. Anyone who had any doubts about TJ Hawkinson going into next year, I'm sorry that you doubted him. And I'm sorry that you felt that Jordan Addison was somehow going to out-target this type of athlete. Last year, number two in targets among tight ends, number five in target share, number five in snap share, number three in air yards, number two in receptions and receiving yards, and even was number three in unrealized air yards. So there was still some left on the table. And of course, he finished fourth points per game. TJ Hawkinson, again, in for a massive year. Uh, I'm assuming his ADP will take a little bit of a jump, similar to what happened to Cole Komet when he signed his contract extension. And I think it's well worth it. I mean, you're attaching yourself to a high-octane Vikings offense and a guy that is not going to be covered as much because Justin Jefferson's going to command so much coverage. TJ Hawkinson is going to average eight plus targets a game again this year for the Vikings, maybe seven, you know, but still he's going to have it. So much volume is going to go his way and it's going to be something special. I assume he should be jumping the Darren Wallers and Kyle Pitts of the world. I think it should go Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller. I know that's not how it's going. That's how it should be going. In fact, I would maybe even be taking Kittle over Waller, but maybe that's just the hater within me. But TJ Hawkinson, congratulations. Congratulations, TJ Hawkinson. What a uh, what a thing. Somebody asked just real quick, uh, did I ever take the S2 test? No, they didn't ever get back to me. They, they ignored my email and they stopped the, uh, it was traveling around the country where you could do it. I think the S2 test in particular got too uh, popular and they actually canceled the, the bus tour going around. So it didn't even come come to me. There is one in Tennessee. It's like a five hour drive. That's the only one that gives the football test. I emailed them, try to get in contact. It's been like months now and they haven't gotten back, but I should probably, you know, hit them back up because I do really want to take it. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be really fun. Um, let's see. Next up on the news, let's talk about Mike Evans. It was reported this morning that Mike Evans has stopped, uh, you know, contract talks with the Buccaneers and it is expected that this will be his last season in Tampa that's fine, right? I mean, he's getting up there in age. He's been there his entire career, an illustrious career. If they're not going to pay him, go try to get some money somewhere else and maybe try to get another ring. So I'm excited to see what he can do this season. The last time wearing the pewter um, and the the red and, you know, we'll see him in the orange spice this year as well. So 
um, you know, it, it'll be cool. Uh, hopefully it gets a nice little send off here. I, we've talked about it a lot this off season. I do think that both the bucket, well, really all the Buccaneers uh, are incredible fantasy football values. That team is going to suck a ton, but they're still going to score fantasy points uh, because there's going to be so much garbage time and everything. So I think Mike Evans is going to have some big games. Chris Godwin's still going to command a ton of volume. Rashad White's going to command a ton of volume. And this offense will be good for fantasy football. So I would recommend taking a chance on some of these Buccaneers players if they follow you in the draft because their ADP is low. Next up, yesterday or a few days ago, I was a little upset when the Lions released Craig Reynolds. They did end up re-signing him. And it wasn't even a re-signing to the practice squad like some have done, you know, getting cute with it. They did re-sign Craig Reynolds to the actual active roster. So that is the RB3 in Detroit. Uh, him and Zonovan Knight uh, probably right behind him. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, you know, this Lions backup is, is usually valuable. And Craig Reynolds himself has been serviceable when playing. And, you know, is, is one of those guys that has the trust of the locker room and the coaches uh, and the front office, you know, and will get it done. So Craig Reynolds back on the team. Uh, and then, guys, we have an update on the Tyreek Hill situation. It has come out reported by Pro Football. Wait, sorry by Ian Rappaport that Tyreek Hill and his off the field issues uh, have led to no action by the league. The the NFL will not be doing anything for Tyreek Hill for the, uh, I guess it was like battery or assault or whatever when he slapped the, uh, the, the Marina worker uh, for trying to kick him out, kick him and his, uh, and his girlfriends out. Uh, he's good. He'll be playing football as we said, right. As we all knew, you know, a superstar like Tyreek Hill, if, if anything, it was going to be a slap on the wrist. But given everything was settled, I believe, or maybe it was even dropped. I don't remember. Uh, but, yeah, no action is going to be taken. Tyreek Hill is going to be out there. It is what it is. Uh, Cooper Cup had a minor setback yesterday in his hamstring recovery. He is day-to-day, -day, as they say, day-to-day, -day, which is not what you want to hear at this time of year. We're a week away from football, uh, and day-to-day -day usually means about a week. And with those hamstring injuries, they linger for so long. And so I would be worried with Cooper Cup. It sounds like it's going to take until, you know, like week three before he's fully healthy again. And if they don't, you know, let him like if they if they put him out week one, I mean, we could be talking about this lingering really all offseason or all season because he's not going to have any time to heal. He's going to be playing through a tweaked hamstring throughout the year and those do not they do not go away speaking from personal experience as well uh so it's it, it's a tough injury it sucks luckily you know he's not the most athletic player in the world he does still excel because of his route running and finding spots in the defense and chemistry with Matthew Stafford so even a 70 percent Cooper Cup is still one of the best wide receivers in the league so he'll probably be fine for points but you just don't want to hear that he's still battling injuries uh, however, probably capitalize on the ADP dip that will happen as a cause of this this weekend. Uh, he's still going to be a, a phenom. As we know, before he got injured last year, he was still on, on pace to repeat as the wide receiver one overall. Finished the year averaging the most points per game uh, among wide receivers. So he's still fantastic. Matthew Stafford's back. Sean McVay's still there, you know, and it's really just him. So, yes, the injury sucks, but he's still Cooper Cup. You can still take your stabs at him. It'll be okay. Another injury that happened is that the Jeff Wilson landed on IR. I don't even know if the type of injury was disclosed. I don't really see anything about it. Um, but he landed on IR. And guys, 
I got a little hate for it. I got a little hate for it, but I did say, did say, as I've been touting Devon A-Chain and we've been talking about players potentially landing in Dolphins as running backs, you know, Jeff Wilson's the odd man out in Miami and always has been. I don't know where the narrative came from that Jeff Wilson is the starter over Raheem Mostert. Mostert is a much better athlete, produces much better. Uh, and I mean, all it's as simple as just looking at the profiles to see this. Uh, Raheem Mostert, basically above 90th percentile in everything, whereas Jeff Wilson only cracks the 40th percentile in a couple metrics. Agility score, he's the 40th. And the 40-yard dash, he has a 43rd of 40th also. So the, Jeff Wilson plays better than his workout metrics suggest, but still uh, he, he was undrafted for a reason. He's been bounced around for a reason. He backed up Raheem Mostert in San Francisco for a reason, and he's backing up Raheem Mostert in Miami for a reason, and Devon A-Chain, of course. Uh, and, and you can also just look at the games last year. When Jeff Wilson came to town, Raheem Mostert was still fine. 14 carries, uh, 9 carries, 8 carries, 7 carries, 11 carries, 17 carries, 8 carries, 9 carries, 11 carries. Totally fine usage for Raheem Mostert with Jeff Wilson on the field last year, and he was better. So Raheem Mostert looking good. Um, co uh, Coach McDaniel even came out yesterday and praised Raheem Mostert, said that Raheem Mostert has outstanding focus. I couldn't highlight a guy in a better light. He's someone that's directly heard a ton of noise for months and months and months. Every day it's loud. You see extra focus, epitomizing the journey of an NFL player. Uh, he went on and on and on and on and on about this. But basically, uh, he goes on to say, I'm proud of him as a professional. And that's another reason why I have such a strong human connection with that player. Guys, Mike McDaniel is just in love with Raheem Mostert. It's not that hard to see. And so those of you like myself who have been drafting Raheem Mostert this offseason, congratulations. Those of you who held on to him in your dynasty leagues, congratulations. And I'm sorry to the suckers that fell for the Jeff Wilson trap. Let's go to Von A.J. Let's go to Von A.J. I don't know where that came from. I just wanted to say it. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. I think that's all I have for you guys for the news today. Let me double check my notes. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, I don't have a little overlay. for. Oh, yes, I do. There it is. Joe Burrow. We talked about it yesterday. He was back at practice with helmet and pads on. Uh, just to kind of add on to that, Jamar Chase was interviewed about it. As we know, Jamar Chase kind of had the spat with Joe Burrow earlier this offseason when the injury originally happened, saying that he needs to sit out for four weeks, uh, doesn't want him to get hurt, wants to make sure they can have a playoff push. But Jamar Chase yesterday said he looked good. I didn't see hobbling. I didn't see much. He doesn't look like he's having any problems. Joe Burrow is back. Do we have any questions before I let you guys enjoy your weekend? Let's see. Oh, tons of questions. Tons of questions. Let's go. Let's go. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Glad to see you. Um, okay. Puka season. I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with no. I think uh, Van Jefferson or Tutu Atwell will have a better year than Puka Nakua. I know he's the shiny new toy and everything, but uh, I'm going to go with Van Jefferson or Tutu Atwell over him. I might even take Ben Skoronek over Puka Nakua. I'm excited to see how that'll age. I hope no one clips that uh, in the future if that goes poorly. <laughs> uh, what do you think Dulcich usage will be this year? I think it was Sean Payton that came out and said he's the joker. 
which if, uh, for my understanding, is kind of the receiving tight end, the mixed bag player from his offense. So I think it's looking like Adam Troutman has earned the like de facto tight end one inline blocker, uh, traditional tight end sets kind of guy with Greg Dulcich, you know, doing the Kyle Pitts, Dalton Kincaid type thing, playing as a receiver, going out wide, maybe doing some run plays, that type of thing. I do think Greg Dulcich is going to have a ton of usage, especially as the injuries start to pile up in Denver. Uh, I think he's in for a pretty decent year. Uh, let's see. Rendon Die asks, what's up? Would you rather have Lamar Jackson in the fourth or Watson Lawrence in the sixth or seven? I would probably rather take Trevor Lawrence a few rounds later than Lamar Jackson. Uh, I would almost sometimes take Lamar or Trevor Lawrence over Lamar Jackson. So to get a few extra rounds later, um, that's what I would be doing. I would say stay away from Deshaun Watson. So if you have to take Lawrence a little bit earlier, do it. I'm not sold on the Deshaun Watson renaissance. If it happens, it can happen, you know, but I'm not one to take a bet on that. I'd rather take a bet on the younger uh, proven talent with a great coach behind him, with great weapons behind him, who just went on a fantastic playoff run, end of season push. Everything is finally lined up for Trevor Lawrence to be the generational talent we all wanted him to be. Let's see uh, if Cardinals tank for Caleb, which player will benefit the most? Michael Wilson. Yeah, if Michael Wilson needs to be traded for in Dynasty Leagues. He's going to be their like wide receiver one down the line, or at least the more traditional wide receiver, you know, the guy who can kind of do it all, you know, run a little bit more of a solidified route tree than like the Marquise Browns or the gadget players like Rondell Moore do. So I do think that Michael Wilson is worth rostering. However, I do want to say I, I don't want – to Sharpie Caleb Williams to the Cardinals, even if they get the number one overall pick. We just saw the number one overall pick traded this year for a massive, massive haul. And I think that would help a team like the Cardinals much better than just trading away Kyler and keeping Caleb Williams. Because when you look at it, you're probably going to be able to get a lot more on the trade market for Caleb Williams than you would with an injured Kyler Murray. And I think that's the route that they would end up taking. So uh, I just, I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm not on that train that the, that the Cardinals have a new quarterback next year yet. Yet We'll see how it goes, but I do still think that it makes a lot of sense to still roll with Kyler Murray. He's still young. He's been with the organization and you're not going to be able to get as much form as you probably could for your number one overall pick. If you do land that thing. So guys, Thank you all for tuning in. That was a fun, fantastic episode. You guys were a fun, fantastic audience. I hope to see you all Monday for the first wake and take of the NFL season. I'm so excited. I've got some fun ideas floating around in my head next week. I think I might, uh, I think I might be leaning into the take segment a bit more i think i might be bringing some some hot takes for you guys next week heading into the season and then you know maybe at the end of the season we'll see how right i was but um thank you all again for tuning in i'll see you all monday on the player profiler youtube twitter and facebook have a fantastic friday have a fantastic weekend peace